Today, I want to talk to you about being triggered and how to defeat depression and how to overcome depression. Next Sunday, when you come back and join us again online, I want to talk to you about destroying discouragement. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to get them out right now. I want you to get ready because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do an amazing thing. I want to pray for our first responders, all those on the front line in this portion of prayer in just a moment. But I want you to get ready because I think the Holy Spirit has already set you up to lift off something off you supernaturally. In the book of Job, I want you to turn your Bible there, and it's J-O-B, because some of you need a job. I mean, hey, we're just that's why I'm turning to Job, because you need a job. So as we turn to Job, because some of you all need a job, I'm going to read chapter 3. But depression comes over all types of people. Jennifer talked about that in her portion of the service today, how many years ago she experienced that depression. But depression can come over a number of things. How about a stay-at-home order, a loss of a, jo- of a job, financial difficulty? A, it can trigger. It can trigger depression. You're knocking your brains out trying to make a living, and you, you, get, you get this thing going and that thing going, and all of a sudden the middle gets moved, and you get a stay-at-home order, and you're battling discouragement. You're battling depression. How about broken relationships? How about family crisis can bring on terrible burdens like none we've known before? unexplained tragedies, unexpected accidents could occur. We face losses of our loved ones when they leave prematurely or even when they leave and we're kind of ready for it. It can bring on discouragement and depression like we've never known. Our life gets turned upside down And so for some people, depression like a tidal wave begins to overwhelm them and sweep them away. When I'm talking about depression and being triggered this morning, you have to realize and understand, I am not talking about clinical depression that leads to medical attention. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about sadness. I'm talking about getting the the, the blues and the blahs and being down in the dumps, like that old book that was written some time ago. If life is a bowl of cherries, then why is my life in the pits? Some of you are feeling like your life is in the pits right now because of all that has transpired. So if I'm preaching good this morning in in this series of Trigger, that emoji on the social platforms with the guy with his head exploding, I want you to lock that in because I want you, if I'm preaching good, I want you to lock in that emoji of the head explosion and also the praise hands because I believe at the end of it, we're going to see depression lift off of us as our hands go up. So will that lift off of us? Read with me, Job chapter three, verse one, and then I'll read down verse 11. It says, after this, Job opened up his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. I don't I don't have to add anything to it. You read it for yourself. Verse 11, why did I not die at birth? Why did I not perish when I came from the womb? How many of you can see depression in those statements? You don't have to be Sigmund Freud to realize that Job is battling with depression. Something has come and it has triggered Job and many things come to all of our lives and it can trigger us. And so I want to take that trigger and I want to ignite it with absolute freedom and joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Let's pray together today. Father, I thank you right now for the wonderful opportunity to come into those homes and help your people with your word. Lord, I pray for all of our first responders, all of our police and our firemen, our our workers in driving those trucks, those who are taking care of us at the supermarkets, those who are taking care of us at convenience stores. Father, we just pray 
pray a hedge of protection around those essential jobs. And I pray for this government to open back up, for jobs to open back up, for peace to come. And Lord, I pray for your people today. Let them feel and sense your joy and your peace. Lift off them depression, even now as I'm praying it in Jesus' name. And if you'd agree with that prayer, give me those praise hands today if you agree with them. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Pastor Tyon. He's here. He's, he's making me feel anointed right now. I like that. I like that a lot. But I want you to think about this because who gets depressed? Everybody gets depressed at some time. We can often be triggered by the most unusual things. Now think about that because depression by definition means having a negative state of mind that causes a change, listen to this, in your behavior or a change in your physical body. I call it quarantine before and after. It starts to affect you. Depression is the opposite of happy. You need to know that. Depression covers everything from the blues and minor mood swings to severe depression, which is called clinically psychosis. But I want to talk to you about the blues, having a, a, a spirit of discouragement, downcast, how, how you can be freed from that. And you don't have to be a person that lives on such a spiritual high and say, Joey, I'll never battle depression because I love Jesus so much. All great men and women of God in the Bible, all great men and women of God on this earth have battled and been triggered with discouragement and with depression. Let me give you a few illustrations this morning. Follow along if you can. Almost everybody gets depressed sometime in their life, and that includes you, and that includes me. Wasn't it Moses, the great lawgiver? God gave Moses this amazing job to take care of his people, the Jewish people. So what does Moses do? He gets a word from God. He receives the Ten Commandments from God. Then he has a face-to-face -face encounter with God himself. He's on the mountaintop with God Almighty. Could you imagine what the conversation was? You and God having a conversation and God writing out the civil law, how it's to govern society for millennial after millennial. And and now Moses comes down off this Holy Ghost mountain and his congregation, they had some issues. His congregation, when he was gone, they elected a new pastor. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe you're not a pastor, but if, if I come back from quarantine and we have church services and all of a sudden y'all get up and say, Joey, Jennifer, you know what? We like you and everything, but because of quarantine and after, we're electing a new pastor. And they bring up some dude with a hairpiece and a toupee on. I am crying my beautiful brown eyes out. It's going to be so sad. It'll depress you. It will depress you. Moses was depressed. If matters couldn't get worse, when, when they came off that mountain, they had a new theology. They had a golden calf theology. Then it even got worse. They were being immoral from one end of the valley to the next. I mean, it's enough to depress any preacher. Moses literally threw down the Ten Commandments and he crushed them to pieces. He was depressed. Elijah was depressed in the Old Testament. Wicked old Jezebel told him, I'm going to kill you by this time tomorrow. The Bible says that Elijah ran into the woods, running from a skinny little woman wearing a lot of makeup, running for his life. He hides under a juniper tree, and he prays a prayer, and it goes like this. God, take my life. I'm the last one left living for you, God. Aren't you glad sometimes when you're triggered and you're feeling discouraged that God doesn't answer your prayer? 
God said, oh, suck it up, buttercup. This is not time for you to be depressed and discouraged. I'm going to give you a Holy Ghost meal. I'm going to feed you under that tree, and I'm going to help you defeat that Jezebel once and for all. The Bible tells us that Elijah was a man of great faith, where he called fire down from heaven, where he ran 40 miles in front of a king's kit to the king's chariot. Some of you have been in quarantine a while, and you think about running every now and again, don't don't you? I thought about running a mile the other day, and you know what happened? I got up, I got my shoes on, and then I had to sit down till the feeling left me. I did. Some of you get that on the way to the refrigerator. I and you are in this situation of depression. If we realize it or not, it can hit us. It can come on us. It's important to know that all people go through these difficult things. King David said, why are you downcast, oh my soul? He was depressed. Why? The decisions that he had made. They had backfired on him. Have you ever made decisions that have backfired? If you have, raise your hand. I can see you where you're watching today. Raise your hand if that's happened. Have you ever made poor decisions? Now you got both hands and a foot up. I can see you where you're watching today. We've all made bad decisions. We've all made foolish decisions. A millionaire died and he left his wife the house and he left her uh, the home and the car. But he did something kind of strange. He left the secretary $40 million. And the wife was upset. She couldn't believe it. She, she went to the tombstone factory where had inscribed the loving memorial on the tombstone of her husband. And she says, I want that erased. I want it erased. And the man that made the tombstone said, ma'am, once it's on granite, you can't erase it. She said, okay, then. Then under rest in peace, I want you to put the words until we meet again. What was happening? She was depressed. She was angry. The disciples were depressed. In John 14, verse 1, Jesus said it this way, let your heart not be troubled. I like that because what's happening is these disciples had been with the Son of God himself for three and a half years. They've been with Jesus, yet they found themselves discouraged, having emotional problems, spiritual problems, until the day he left them. Even those who get close to God battle and get triggered with depression. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, one of the great ministers of any era, he was preaching to this grand congregation one day, and the place was packed out. And a handicapped man, unfortunately, stood to his feet, and he screamed, fire, fire, fire. And there was a stampede, and four of Charles Spurgeon's friends were killed in the stampede in that unfortunate incident. The huge crowd, when they went to the doors, his dear friends had died. The mind of Charles Spurgeon, the man of God, snapped. He became a person that was deeply engulfed in depression. His elders of the church, they took him to a house and they, they gave him the most therapeutic thing you could do when you're battling discouragement and depression. They prayed. They prayed for their dear pastor around the clock. And one day in Charles Spurgeon's memoirs, you hear him writing, he said it was like a light that pierced through the darkness and he could feel the presence of Jesus. All that I have ever known was restored to me because of the counsel of the dearest of friends. That's what he said. Why is that important? Because maybe you're going through a discouragement. Maybe you're going through a depression this morning. But can I encourage you today? Weeping may endure for the night, but joy can come up in the morning. Do you know that Smith Wigglesworth battled a severe depression? Smith Wigglesworth would have these great healing crusades. He would lay hands on multitudes of people, reconstructive miracles. All these amazing things would happen. Yet at night, he would go home and roll on the floor because he battled such severe pain because of kidney stones. He was depressed. 
and he begged God to heal him, and God would not heal him. He asked over and over, what's the point? Great people that love God battle discouragement and battle depression. It was Abraham Lincoln who suffered depression all his adult life. It was Winston Churchill, the great lion of London, who said in his memoirs, depression follows me, quote, like a black dog day and night. I want you to know that because have you ever asked God why? Why is this happening to me? Why am I feeling like this? Why am I going through this? Why is the world unfolding the way it is? Why is my family doing this? Why is my health fading? What's going on? Everybody gets depressed at some point or another. Even super saints, even great men and women of faith, they battle discouragement and they battle depression. In closing, let me give you some causes this morning, what I call of depression. These are major causes of it. And maybe you find that these have triggered you and caused depression in your life. And at the end of our service today, we're going to pray supernaturally that the Lord lift that off of you and you become free and like a light bulb lights up for the glory of our God. But what can cause depression? I believe the first thing is extreme disappointment. No one ever gets depressed when everything is going right. It's true. When money's in the bank, when everybody's healthy, when your sports car's running good and your wife has a job. Hey, who needs God when you got all the good stuff? But when things go haywire, when you get locked in quarantine, you lose your job, you lose your health, your business goes upside down, your marriage begins to have issues where watching people living together that have never had so much close proximity because they work and they're always gone. Now they're finding marital problems and they're finding issues with their children. What's happening? The great reveal has come and God is letting the exposure happen so people can deal with the root of the issues and deal with extreme disappointments. What happens when you're in a crisis? You start to figure out how to get out of the crisis and you'll realize that you can't get out of the crisis by looking to this thing or that thing. You can't get out of a crisis by having this or having that. The only way to get out of a crisis is take it up to God. Can I get a witness this morning if you would agree with that? But extreme disappointment causes it. How about a lack of self-esteem? A lack of self-esteem will trigger depression. It's not what others say about you that matters. It's what you say about yourself that matters. You have to realize that. That's why the scriptures say, love your neighbor as yourself. If you cannot love yourself, how in the world can you love your neighbor? You have to learn to love yourself. You won't like your neighbor if you don't like yourself. So can you say this with me this morning? I want you to say it out loud. I can hear you today. Say this with me out loud. Say, I am special. Come on, Jennifer, say it. She's not even saying it. See, and she's like you. Come on, Jennifer, say it. I hear her. I am special. Come on, let's say it together. I am loved. Let's say it out loud. I'm unique. Say it out loud. I'm a child of God. And I am a winner. Now I want you to type it out so it really sticks in. Type it out if you're on those social platforms. Type it out. I am special. Type it out. I am unique. Type it out. I am a child of God. Type it out. I am a winner. 
You have to realize that God doesn't manufacture junk and he doesn't sponsor flops. And when he puts you in this battle called life, whether you're quarantined or not, battling depression or not, he's in the battle right beside you. You have on the whole armor of God. It's given to you in Ephesians 6. Satan has been stripped, shamed, and humiliated at the cross. And God has given you the authority of his gospel, you the authority of his word, and you the sanctity of his blood. So why are you downcast, oh my soul? Hope thou in God. You're special. You're loved. But what happens, depression comes because the third thing is we start comparing. And it's unfair comparisons. Now, I don't know about you, but when you're in quarantine and you're watching how other families do it, it could be a little depressing. You're watching how they're raising their kids. They're all around the little table. And little Johnny, he's laying on his stomach. And he's doing his homework. So, uh, so kind. So good. And your little hellions running off crying and screaming. Oh, that's right. I'm talking not about you, just people that you know. But I want you to think about that. Because we can start watching these things. And I... I was telling Jennifer the other day, all these mega rich people, they're, they're telling you and I, stay home, stay home, stay home as they're in their hot tub and their, and their 55,000 square foot mansion and stay home, stay home. And you're in a one bedroom apartment and you're touching one end and touching the other. And that's your front room, living room, bedroom and kitchen. You start comparing. You start comparing. The Bible tells us don't do that. It says, stop comparing yourselves among yourselves. So what if you're not a homeschooler? Not everybody is. God bless you if you can do it. But for the rest of us, we can't do it. I don't even know how to do simple math, let alone the new math. I'm like, I don't know. Ask Siri. I don't know. Call your teacher. Aren't they still working? I have no idea. But we can't compare and, and say, they've got to do it, so we've got to do it. Comparing yourself with other people, it's unscriptural, it's ungodly, and it will lead you to depression. It will lead you to discouragement. It, you see people all working out, they're all fit, and you've worn the same pants for seven days. Good golly, change them. But you know what's happening? The pants are loosening up because you're wearing them so consecutively, so it makes you feel like you're losing weight. I see how you're doing it. I see how you're rolling with it. I got it. But you know what's happening? There's always going to be somebody prettier than you. There's always going to be somebody more handsome than you are. Be all that you can be and forget it. You have to realize that. If your genetic code determines how you're going to look, it's important to know that because the instant you were conceived in your mother's body, your DNA said how you're going to look. And if you had good-looking parents, then thus saith the Lord, you're going to be good-looking. And, and if you don't have good-looking parents... I'm sorry, you're not good looking either. But that's how it goes. You have to not compare with other people. But how about this? Because what causes and triggers depression is not only unfair comparisons, but a sense of feeling trapped. And I think I'm preaching today to some of you that feel like you're trapped. Not just because of a quarantine, but because it's triggered some things in your life. You feel like you're trapped, trapped in an intolerable situation a shaky business deal, a, a church crisis, a major illness, and, and you're battling depression. It's unsurfaced some things in the Holy Spirit, and, and now you're battling this thing, and, and, and it's triggered some things, and we're going to pray off that in Jesus' name over you today. And how about setting unrealistic goals? 
You know, you can be a boxer or a brain surgeon, but you can't be both. You know why, don't you? Because if you're a boxer, it's going to mess up your brain and you need your brain to do delicate surgery. In other words, you can't set unrealistic goals. When I get out of quarantine, I'm going to have a multi-billion dollar business and you don't even have a business now. How are you going to set goals? Little things are greater than big things talked about if it's literally accomplished. In other words, it's better to accomplish little things one at a time than dream about air castles that will never come to pass. In other words, small things accomplished are better than big things talked about. Start doing, then you start becoming. Don't set unrealistic goals for yourself. Am I preaching good today? Am I preaching good? Then send me out those emojis on those social platforms if I'm preaching good today. But we can be everything we want to be, but we can't be everything. And that's important to know. When you have unrealistic goals, what happens is you're constantly frustrated and you'll, and you'll set yourself up for failure and discouragement. And lastly, what causes and triggers depression is what I would call a, bio, a biological imbalance. In other words, your body starts to change and there's a chemical imbalance in your body. The reason why I say that, because the scriptures tell us, and this is a good scripture for you to listen to this morning, the Bible says good and perfect gifts come from above. Doctors are good, nurses are good, the, the doctors and the hospitals are good, they're not perfect. And when you're battling discouragement and depression, sometimes the best thing you can do as you get a little older is get yourself a physical. Get yourself checked out by the good things. That's why we prayed for our doctors, our nurses, our hospitals, because they're good. They're sent from God. Are they perfect? Absolutely not, but they're good. Big shout out to all of you that work in the medical field because you're operating in the good. You're doing the good work of the Lord. And you have to realize that because your body may need to be, be tempered by the Holy Spirit and by some good things. You need to know that because if you don't realize that, you'll start being overwhelmed by certain situations so who gets depressed everybody gets depressed I've settled that score today what triggers you can depress you everybody gets depressed at some time but here's the question we need to answer who stays depressed everybody gets depressed who stays depressed those who choose to the Bible says let no man take your joy from you let no man take your joy from you. You say, well, Joey, how can I have joy? How can I be free when I'm going through all this stuff? Let me read to you one of the greatest illustrations I can give you about a man named Dr. Finkel. Dr. Finkel was captured and placed in a death camp by the Nazis in World War II because of one reason, because he was Jewish. His wife was killed, his children were killed, his parents were brutally murdered in the Holocaust, and the concentration camp, the Gestapos, made him strip off his clothes. They cut off his hair. They gave him a tattoo for a name. They cut off his wedding band. But Dr. Finkel said, you can take away my wife. You can take away my parents. You can take away my children. You can take away my clothes. You can cut off my hair. You can give me a number for a name. But the one thing you'll never take from me is my freedom to choose how I react to what happens to me. He said, I choose triumph over tragedy. 
I choose the light over depression. He said, I choose not to be defeated. And he was not defeated. I say that to you because in Jesus' name, I want you to lift yourself off of depression. What has triggered you, let that come off you today. The Bible says whatever things are good, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are wholesome, whatever things that possess good thoughts, think upon those things. The Bible tells you, don't be downcast, oh my soul, but hope thou in God, the one who is the glory and the lifter of thy head. It says rejoice in the Lord, what? Always. And again, I say rejoice. You have to rejoice by choice. If you don't rejoice by choice, you're going to be triggered and depressed and discouraged. But we're not going to do that today because Joshua 1 verse 9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Be not dismayed for the Lord God is with you everywhere that you go. So don't let discourage come against you. Don't let the lack of self-esteem come against you. Don't let the sense of feeling trapped come against you. Don't set unrealistic goals that you will not obtain come against you. And don't let a biological imbalance keep you from experiencing the joy of your salvation. Let's pray today. Father, right there where they're watching today, may their hands go up right now and may they sense and feel the touch of the Holy Spirit. May they sense and feel the touch of the power of Almighty God. God. May they realize today that they're ahead and not the tail. May they realize today that they're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. May they sense and feel today the lifting and the glory coming upon them right now. May they feel a little bit stronger right now. I declare over you in the name that's above every name that every form of depression come off you. Every form of discouragement come off you. Every form of imbalance come off you. Every form of biological imbalance be lifted off you. I pray right now specifically for serotonin levels to rise right now in your people. Rise right now in your people. Let joy fill their hearts right now. Oh, Father, let the blessing of the Lord be upon them right now in Jesus' name. Just take a moment. Just take a moment and worship him. Just worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Just take a moment, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening to, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. I know you sense and feel the presence of God. We sense and feel it right here today with you. And I want you to pray with me today. And if you're battling depression and you've been triggered by any of those things we've talked about, I want you to join me in this prayer right now. And maybe you're watching and you've never really committed your life to Christ. Or you've grown cold and indifferent to the things of God. I'd be honored to pray with you as well. But if you've experienced what I call extreme disappointment right now, this is for you. Are you battling a lack of self-esteem right now? This is for you. Or maybe you feel like you've been comparing yourself with other people and you need to stop it because God has created you and that's who you are. This is for you. And maybe you're feeling today you're trapped in a relationship in a circumstance or situation that's beyond your control. This is for you. And if you're having a physical ailment right now, I want you to know the power of the gospel is here to heal all who are afflicted. This is for you. I want you to say this prayer with me today, and I want you to join it with your children, your family, whoever's watching with you today at the house. I want you to join us right now in prayer. There's no distance in prayer. There's no distance in time. Right here, right now is your moment. It's your moment. Are you ready for it? Let's say it together. Heavenly Father, today, right here, Right now, I receive you. Everything that I am, everything I hope to become, I put it into your hands. And today, I thank you that I am receiving the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And I am receiving healing in my body, in my soul, in my spirit, and in my mind right now. I will, not, I will not compare with other people. I will look to you, the glory and the lifter of my head. I trust in you. Father, today I receive your peace, your guidance, and your joy. And I receive it now in Jesus' name. Come on, if you said that prayer and you feel that lifting off you, let us know wherever you're watching right now. Type it in, send us an email. Let us know that you said that with us and that you're receiving that healing right now. We don't know unless you tell us because the church, nobody's in here to run the aisles or hallelujah or lift it up. So if you do those hands, the emoji, or or you send us an email or send us a text, however you want to do it, you let us know that this is ministered to you because I know that it has. It's ministered to me preaching it today. Can I say a prayer over us as we close our time together. Wherever you're watching, just lift those hands to the Lord. That's a sign of blessing. Lift the hands for the blessing. Let's do it together. Now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you and may the Lord shine his face upon you and may our heavenly father be gracious unto you and may the God of the universe give you joy and may discouragement and depression lift off of you once and for all and may you sense and feel the presence of almighty God and everything that you do in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen.